I'm not exactly sure the reason why, but Saints fans don't seem to be as interested this week as they've been in other weeks, in past weeks. Is it because of the 34 to nothing win last week and they're kind of taking things for granted? It's the Texans. Only the sixth time ever the Saints are playing the Texans? I don't think so. What else is it? We're going to have to get into all those things, and we're going to have to get into it in a hurry because we're cramming two shows into one. Uncle Big Nick isn't here, but he left his picks. We couldn't have a show yesterday. We'll talk about it in the monologue today. Larry Holder, we did our live show this morning. We got all kinds of stuff to talk about. We will preview Saints-Texans because we do care. We'll also look at the NFL week six. There's all kinds of things to talk about. So I guess I'll get to Phil so we can get moving here on Datitude. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends elsewhere who came here expecting me to be to get them all fired up. Rah, rah, re, re, ru, ru. Ain't gonna happen. I don't know what the hell's going on. I told you in the intro, intro, whatever you wanna call it, the pre-intro, intro. I don't know the jargon. I'm a sports writer with a mic in front of my face. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is about this week, but there doesn't seem to be near the emotional um, highs, I guess, that one would expect after a 34 to nothing ass whipping of the New England Patriots last week. I kind of didn't have it in my show on Monday. It was kind of a, I went back and listened to some of it. I'm like, eh, it's kind of a lame pod. How's that to sell the pod? I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird week. It's a weird week. It is Friday, October the 13th, 2023, and this is Datitude, episode number 177. I'm Jim Derry. Sports betting writer at the Times Picking the Advocate and bet.nola.com. We've got a full show today. Uh, again, combining the Thursday show with the Friday show because UBN is in LV, as in Las Vegas. Las Vegas. His wife is a huge Patriots fan. <laughs> she had a rough week. <laughs> Sorry, Cindy Mars. Um, yeah, she had a rough week, 34 to nothing, and uh, I don't know how much better it's going to get. Although, that game is in my best bets, so we'll get to that very shortly. Um, it's just been a weird week, and then Larry Holder's coming on. Uh, he will do we we do every Friday. We're going to preview Saints-Texans for about 20 to 23 minutes of our chat, and the other 11, 12 minutes is going to be NFL Week 6. And there are three games in particular that we want to talk about in preview. And uh, one of them is my best bet of the week, and I want to get Larry's thoughts on it. That's all coming up very soon, very shortly. I am going to do my absolute best to keep this show under an hour. That is my goal for the day. Let's see if I can do it. I have no idea if I can or not as I sit here. But the longer I speak and do those kinds of things, then I definitely can. So let's get to it. Um, you know, it, again, a weird week. 
uh, my nose was to the grindstone, so to speak. I, I think it's because we're like actually there. It's way too early to get excited or discouraged, like super discouraged. I mean, if you're a fan of the Patriots, you're super discouraged. If you're, if you're a fan of the Packers, you're probably discouraged. Um, you know, if you're a fan of the Panthers, you're already looking towards next year, what's going to happen. And there are some other teams. And then, uh, but you can't get too high if you're a fan of the Bills or a fan of the Niners. I don't think you can get too, well, I don't know. I guess if you're a fan of the Niners, you can be over the moon thrilled. But it's, it's you're kind of like, you know, in baseball season and basketball season, when you get into like that, that second month, even the third month, it's like, okay, we're really into the season now. It's kind of the same thing, but it's too early to start looking at anything that's important. Yeah, that's kind of where we are. Maybe that's why it's, uh, the interest is weird. Um, it was kind of like that way last night in the Chiefs-Broncos game. I said on Bayou Bets, I kind of expected Kansas City to sleepwalk through a victory. That's kind of what happened, isn't it? The Broncos are so bad. How long is Sean Payton going to make it there? I mean, I don't feel sorry for him, but I mean, look, he's, got, he's stuck with Russell Wilson. I mean, who knows how long? I was yelling at the TV at some point. And the only point I even cared was right before halftime. Of course, I did have the Broncos uh, plus 10 and a half and got beat by the hook. Kansas City needed a 60-yard field goal and a 53-yard field goal to cover. I mean, if you tell me that's what they needed to cover, I'll bet against that any day. I don't care if it's Harrison Butker or whoever it is. So, yeah, I'm a little bitter. I didn't bet a whole lot. I said on the show I was going to bet just to keep it interesting, and that's what I did. But Russell Wilson is just done. I mean, how, how many ways or times do you need to say this to say he's just done? I'm not putting – I will not put Denver in my best bets again. I didn't put him in this week, but I did have him in last week. If I have him, it's because I'm betting against him. And uh, they're bad, man. I think it's Jared Stidham time. I understand how much you invested in Russell Wilson, but it's like now, even in this, this stupid world we live in today, last week there were people on social media complaining about Sean Payton was uh, apparently ripping Russell Wilson a new one. I went back and watched it. I mean, all he did was like, he kind of Mike Belled them. Remember when Mike Bell wasn't wearing the right cleats? If you don't know what I'm talking about, YouTube, you can find it easily. But he got all over Mike Bell uh, Super Bowl season when he wasn't wearing the right cleats. I thought so. That's kind of what he did with Russell Wilson. We can't even like, oh, we don't talk to people like that anymore. Get the hell out of here. Yes, we do. They deserve it. Talk to them any way you want. We don't talk to people like that anymore. Shut up. If Russell Wilson's a jackass and playing like a jackass, then talk to him like a jackass. He needs to get his head out of his keister. He doesn't know how to get his head out of his keister. I know this. Former teammates um, aren't exactly backing him up. I don't see a whole lot of people who have played with or know Russell Wilson backing him up. That's all I need to know. And Sean Payton probably thought he was going, I can fix Russell Wilson. It's partly his fault. No, it's a lot his fault. Egomaniac. I can fix Russell Wilson. No, you can't. You can't fix that. He's better, but he still stinks. And guess what? Now your defense doesn't give a rat's ass. Although they played fairly well last night, holding Kansas City down. Um, I don't know. 
Disgusting. Really bad football last night. Kansas City, it, it, it basically played out exactly the way I thought it would. I should have bet the under, which is what I like more anyway. And it was a very small bet, but I don't know. You ain't fixing Denver. Broncos, you know, you think it's bad for the Patriots? At least the Patriots kind of expected to be bad. I guarantee you Sean Payton said, oh, we're going to shock the world. Just don't yell at anybody. God forbid you yell at anybody. It's football. You're a football coach. We don't yell at anybody. Get the hell out of here. All right, see, I'm trying to whip myself up into, like, caring about things today. That's where I'm at. So that was my way of getting psyched up and ready for, for today. Now I'm fired up. Now I'm ready. All right, let's get into our picks with Uncle Big Nick again. He wasn't here yesterday. He was on a plane. We did not have a show on Thursday. Many of you noticed. I thank you for noticing. So let's get into them very quickly. I'm going to go through them as fast as I can go. Uh, Uncle Big Nick left me a small uh, explanation for each of his picks. We'll do it the same way we do. If you don't listen to Thursday, the way that it works is we each have $100 plus the juice to bet each week. Uh, let's see. And I didn't even add up the totals from last week. How about that? We are both, uh, I am at plus 35-ish for the season. And Uncle Big Nick is at minus 30-ish for the season. I'll give you a better count next week. Anyway, you put it together, we're both, I don't know. We're, I'm slightly above even and he's slightly below. But we're going to fix that this week. We're both going to be above after this week. Because I, I, I really like Uncle Big Nick's picks. And it starts with... Notre Dame minus three over USC. He says, Notre Dame got that wake-up call last week, losing to Louisville in a look-ahead spot. He said he should have he been all over Louisville last week, and he missed it. Notre Dame D can really limit Caleb Williams, and the Notre Dame running game should keep the ball out of his hands. I agree, 100%. I am with Uncle Big Nick there. I love that pick. I love Notre Dame this week. I think they win in a big way. I said that on Big Bucks. It's not one of my best bets. But I really do like Notre Dame. All right. My best bet of the week. Um, by the way, all of Nick's picks are either 20, 22, or 21, depending on the juice. So uh, if I don't say what they are, all of his picks are for 20. My first pick is my best bet, and it's a $33 pick. And I'm going to tell you this. I have been up and down on this pick all week long because the line has changed so much. On Tuesday, when I first started writing my NFL picks column, this was my number one pick, and it was... Browns plus five over 49ers. And then the line changed to plus seven, and I'm like, what the heck's going on? And then realized that Sean Watson is still hurt. He's still banged up, supposedly. I don't know what's going on with Deshaun Watson, but he's got obviously has some sort of issues. I'm not kidding. And I hope he can get help because the dude has some kind of issues. Uh, anyway, it's looking more and more like P.J. Walker is going to start. So I kind of backed off of it. By the time we did big bucks yesterday, it was plus eight. So now we've gone from plus four on Monday to plus five on Tuesday to plus seven on Wednesday to plus eight on Thursday, which means everybody, their grandma, their grandpa, their cousins, people aren't, who aren't even legalized, eligible to vote, uh, not vote, bet or betting, they're all betting on the 49ers. Everybody's betting on the 49ers. But I kind of backed off a little bit, and I made an $11 bet on big bucks. I'm back to 33 today. It is my best bet of the week. The spread is going up to 10. 
You can't tell me that Deshaun Watson or anyone in the NFL other than possibly Patrick Mahomes is worth six points to a team. You are giving me free points. There is no way on the planet, especially with the weather the way that it's going to be, and if you don't know, it's supposed to be nasty, ugly, fall, rain, all day long, 50 degrees, wind 20 miles an hour, all day long, it's going to be like a 13-10 kind of game. Give me the Browns plus 10. I'm taking the Browns plus. It's a terrible spot for the Niners, by the way, who are coming off of the absolute butt-whipping of the Cowboys, the most primetime game of the year. Everyone was watching. Everyone saw the Niners destroy the Cowboys. So they're just going to, of course, they're going to destroy the Browns. Browns have the number one defense in the NFL, and it's not close. They've allowed, listen to this, They've only allowed 125 yards passing per game. 125 yards passing per game. We're in week six. Brock Purdy has been outstanding. He doesn't make a whole ton of, a mis of mistakes, but I got a feeling he's going to make some here. I would not take the 49ers as my survivor pick. I think this is going to be a tight game. I think the Niners win barely, but it would not surprise me in the least if Cleveland won this game. Upset special. $33, Browns over the 49ers. All right, uh, moving on for Uncle Big Nick. He likes the LSU under 60. It is 60. LSU over a 6-0, he says, I don't think Auburn has the offense to score enough in the get-right spot for the LSU D. I 100% agree. I am with Uncle Big Nick again, and I'll tell you, I don't think Auburn's going to be able to score more than 20 points. So does that mean LSU, will LSU score 40? I don't think so. Auburn has the worst passing offense in the SEC. So as bad as LSU's passing D has been, they haven't had a team like Auburn to play, at least not in SEC play. This is a good one. I like it. My next pick is a teaser. Close your ears, Saints fans. What a teaser is, if you don't know, if you haven't listened to the show, you get six points. you got to make two picks against the spread, but you get a six-point gift on each side. They both have to hit. And it costs $12 to win 10. In this case, 24 to win 20 for me. Houston is a one and a half point underdog to the Saints. Give me Houston in seven and a half. I honestly, I'll wait. You can listen to what my pick on the game is coming up with Larry Holder in just a minute. But give me Houston plus seven and a half against the Saints. That is a key number. Do I think, I think the Saints, even if the Saints win, I don't think they're going to win by more than a touchdown. Especially, they got a short week. They got to play Jacksonville next week. Interesting spot. Texans coming off of a really poor offensive performance. Give me the Texans in seven and a half. And the other leg, Cindy Moss will like this. Give me the New England Patriots plus eight and a half against Las Vegas. Those two combined, got to hit both of them, 24 to win 20. I think the Patriots, if there is such thing as a bounce back spot for them, it's either now or it's never. If they don't win this game, I'm not, gonna, I'm not saying it's going to happen after this game, but I don't think Bill Belichick makes it through the season. If they can't win this game and they go on a really long slide, first of all, I don't think the Raiders are any good. Um, I didn't like them last week. I don't like them this week. I think the Patriots win this game straight up, and if you're going to give me 8.5 in a, a teaser, I'll take it. So Texans plus 7.5 over the Saints. Patriots plus 8.5 over the Raiders is my teaser. Next pick for Uncle Big Nick. North Carolina, minus three and a half. 
over Miami. Um, this is, I don't disagree with it, but I'm, I wouldn't touch this game with a stick. I think Miami either comes back strong and wins this game after last week's debacle. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. They had a, and I'm not exaggerating, a 99.99% chance to win the game against Georgia Tech at the end and literally, literally gave it away and lost the game. So they either come back strong and fight, 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 or they get their butts whipped and their the doors blown off. I'm not sure which one it is. But Uncle Big Nick likes North Carolina minus three and a half. My next pick is Commanders, plus two and a half over the Atlanta Falcons. I wish I was getting three. And honestly, I thought about buying the hook, and I may in real life. Uh, but here, I think Washington's going to win this game. It's a good spot for Washington. They're coming off of 10 days having to think about losing to the Bears, allowing the Bears to end a 14-game losing streak. I have said all year long, I don't think the Commanders are that good, but I don't think the Falcons are that good either. Uh, Desmond Ritter played his best game of the year last year, last week, against Houston. I don't think he can duplicate that. I do think B. John Robinson will be a big part of this game, but I think the Commanders, it's, uh, they're kind of in the same boat as New England. They either put together a really solid performance or their ship's going to start sinking into the uh, Atlantic. So I got the Commanders plus two and a half over Atlanta. I think they win the game straight up. If not, Atlanta has three wins this year. Two of them are by two points. So if you're going to give up two and a half, you need to be able to cover two and a half, and I don't think they can. Even if Atlanta wins, I think it's super tight. Next pick for Uncle Big Nick. He likes the Cowboys minus two over the Chargers. I am in full agreement. Nick says... You think Dallas is good? Everyone saw them get embarrassed on Sunday night football. How are they favorites in L.A.? He says it's a pure feeling play. I think it's more than that for me. We'll see what Larry Holder thinks because we do talk about this game later on in our preview segment. But I'm with Nick. Cowboys minus two over the Chargers on Monday night football. All right, my next one is a weird one. It's a team total. Tennessee didn't leave for London until late last night, which means, as I'm recording this, they're probably just getting to London now. On Friday, which would be late afternoon, uh, or early, mid, mid to late afternoon in London. Meanwhile, Baltimore's been there all week. I don't think Tennessee's going to score a bunch of points. I got the Tennessee team total under 18.5 for 22 to win 20. You can bet that on Caesar Sportsbook, by the way, which is the official odds partner of bet.nola.com. Love it. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't love the spread because I could easily see this being a 17-14 kind of Ravens win. I do think the Ravens will win. I think it would be back and forth. But I don't think the Titans are going to score 18, 18 and a half. They'd have to score 19 points. I don't think they're going to score 19 points. I really don't. So give me the Tennessee under 18 and a half as one of my best bets. And then lastly, and I went kind of in the wrong direction because I was so excited to talk about Cleveland and the Niners. It should have gone from lowest to biggest. But uh, Uncle Big Nick's got a parlay. The Washington Huskies money line and the over 67. He says uh, Penix is just going to outduel Bo Nix because he's just better. 100% agree. I like the Washington money line play. I don't have a great feel on the over 67, but I'm going to trust, um, trust Uncle Big Nick. 
I like the play. I endorse it. Twenty dollars to win forty-two. Uh, Washington Huskies money line over Oregon and the over sixty-seven points. And my last play is also a parlay. It's a money line parlay. I like the Jacksonville Jaguars to beat Indianapolis and the Philadelphia Eagles to beat the Jets. Ten dollars to win ten dollars. Basically even money. It's like minus one hundred three. So I might be giving myself a little bit of a gift. Uh, I know a lot of people think that, look, Jags play two games in London. They're coming back, and this is not a great spot for them, and it's not. But uh, the Jaguars have won, I believe, eight or nine straight games at home against Indianapolis, and to me that trumps everything else. Um, also, the Colts are going to be without Anthony Richardson for about a month at least. goes to show you the difference in, in sprains of AC joints and whatever. Derek Carr came back the next week, although he shouldn't have. That's a whole different story. Anthony Richardson is going to be gone for a month. Is Anthony Richardson now injury prone? Something we got to think about, something we get, we'll probably talk about in the future. But I like Jacksonville here. And Philly beating the Jets, to me, that's, I, I just, all this talk about Zach Wilson, and he's, maybe he's really not that bad. Yeah, he stinks. I don't like giving seven points, though, on the road. So that's hence the parlay. Jacksonville is a four-point favorite over Indianapolis. I'll just take the money line parlay, give me even money, and I'll be out of here. All right, that, are, that is the pick segment for Uncle Big Nick and I. Um, Going to get to Larry Holder here. Again, we talk about Saints-Texans. Look, um, I'm going to be pretty clear what I think in our preview segment coming up here. But uh, I think we're going to learn a lot about the Saints. Last week, to me, was a must-win game for the Saints. This is, not, this is not a must win. Um, this is a Lanyap kind of win. Of course you want to win. If you can finish this four out of five uh, road game stretch and come back to the Dome and play in an early week against the tired Jacksonville team next Thursday at four and two, then the Saints are in great shape for the rest of the year. But to me, this is kind of that trip-up game. How much do you take yourselves literally or take yourselves for granted after you win a game like you won last week because the saints aren't nearly as good as that score indicated the patriots are bad but think i've said this before think about how everything changed on the honey badgers pick six the saints struggled big time up to then and still if you look at their offensive numbers and if you watch the show this morning you saw the graphic on the screen the saints Offensive ranking dropped. They won 34 to nothing, and their offensive ranking dropped. It went from 21st to 24th. Their passing offense went from 20th to 24th. Derek Carr still isn't right. This is a tough spot. D'Amico Ryans is an outstanding football, young football coach. C.J. Stroud is the best quarterback. Hard to believe I'm saying this. C.J. Stroud is the best quarterback that the Saints will have faced this year to this point. I don't think there's any question in that. We get into it all. I'll give you my final thoughts when we come back. Larry Holder up now. Saints and Texans on Sunday, uh, a noon game, another noon game before things change. They play next Thursday, so it's going to be a short turnaround. Saints are a one-and-a-half-point favorite going into this week. Larry, uh, playing on a short week before a short week, does that have any effect on anything? 
No, I don't think so. If if the Saints had any kind of major injuries, it might, but it's uh, the Saints don't really have that. So I feel like that. And, well, mean, it also helps that it's not like the Saints are playing super far away on the road, so they can get home in like thirty seconds from Houston, uh, and it will. Uh, I think it'll be fine. So you know, I think it, it'll certainly affect Jacksonville a little bit more. Uh, but look, you know, the Saints. It's funny. In previous years, we'd probably look at this game and be like, oh, my gosh, this is like a potential trap game, this, that, and the other. A, the Saints aren't good enough to have a trap game right now because they can't afford to ever let off the the pedal because they have too much uh, and they're not seemingly good enough to do that. And then the Texans are actually uh, kind of along the same lines as the Saints, kind of a middle-of-the-pack team better than what people anticipated really on both sides of the football. So I think that's, uh, that's something that the saints uh, they're fully aware that they're going to have to grind this thing out. Uh, and this is not going to be any kind of pushover by any means. Yeah. You kind of said it there. The Texans are a middle of the road team, but that's way better than I think most people expected. Certainly, certainly I, uh, I did not expect them to be a middle of the road team, but I think that's where you put them. Uh, I talked about in, in Derry's Dom earlier in this week, I said, there are three tiers in the NFL. The Patriots were in that bottom tier. The Saints showed that. The Saints are firmly right in the middle of that middle tier, in my opinion, and I think the Texans are right with them. And hence, you see, I think, a line that's actually kind of skewed toward the Saints only because the Saints are more established. They're normally in that middle tier, and the Texans, as of late, have not been. Uh, Larry and I are going to be on here for about another half an hour. If you want to get your comments, slash questions in. You're more than free to do so. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, just type them in the comment stream. They'll show up here and we'll show them on the show. We'll ask Larry what he thinks of those comments or questions right here again over about the next half an hour. If you watch on on Twitter, you just get to watch and you can wave to us. That's about all you get uh, from Twitter because we cannot see those comments. All right, uh, Larry, but you know, one of the things I find interesting as we preview this game, if you'd have told me going into week six, that the best quarterback that the Saints are going to face through six weeks is the rookie C.J. Stroud, I would have told you you were crazy. But I don't think there's any doubt right now that C.J. Stroud is the best quarterback this team has faced so far. Man, you're already just discarding Baker Mayfield. Man, gone and forgotten. Yeah, I'm not forgotten. He's a bum. (laughs) But actually, Stroud and Mayfield are kind of neck and neck in – uh, some They're of the similar. Advanced, yeah. yeah, some of the advanced metrics uh, that I use every week uh, in uh, quarterback rankings on The Athletic. And I think the biggest surprise with Stroud is that he has met, not made many mistakes, even though his completion percentage isn't high, but he's not throwing interceptions. And I think that is, uh, that is kudos to him. I mean, just being as a rookie, uh, we've seen so many rookies come in and even the ones who are now some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, just think of that rookie class going back to the Joe Burrow, the Tua Tagovailoa, the Justin Herbert, uh, you know, those players who are now top quarterbacks you would consider in the NFL, they all had their growing pains as rookies, and it doesn't seem like uh, that that C.J. Stroud is having that, and that's uh, a kudos to what they're doing there. And even without a lack of weapons and a lack of running game, you can look at the, the the graphic on here, 27th running the football in the NFL, the Texans. So it's not like Stroud's getting a lot of help deflecting that. So they're having to throw the football a ton, and Stroud's not making a ton of mistakes. So that's uh, that's something that 
I'm sure uh, the Saints defense is looking at and also the Texans in game planning are figuring, all right, the Saints defense has been opportunistic. This is going to be a tougher task. So they're going to want to try to run the football as much as they can against the Saints. And sometimes they're susceptible, uh, but, you know, not this, not a ton this year. So, look, I think that this is something that uh, it's, you know, Saints have seven interceptions this year. It matches how many they've had all of last year. So uh, look, I think that the Saints are far more opportunistic, but they're going against someone who's been uh, pretty shrewd in protecting the football. And you see that the uh, the rankings there that Larry was talking about, these are rankings, uh, yards per game rankings. So you can see that the Texans are third in passing offense. C.J. Stroud is actually ninth in the NFL if you go by passer rating. I'm not sure what he is in the ESPN metric. Uh, I think he's seventh or somewhere along those lines, a little bit higher, I believe. But, Larry, that being said, the Saints in, in rankings, they took a giant step up from last week. They were 11th in total defense when we talked the same time last week. They're now fourth, and they're fourth against the pass. When you play Mac Jones, those th- kind of things can happen. Uh, Saints were very opportunistic last week. Uh, they'll have to do so again this week. Is this the week that C.J. Stroud's no-interception streak ends? Odds would say yes. <laughs> Since you, this is uh, your specialty, uh, look, I, I would say that uh, the Saints are probably going to be able to pressure him, and the Saints secondary – is pretty much full strength. I mean, you know, Marcus May's back, and so you you like where you are at corner. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that that streak can end. It's not like uh, whatever – what is it, NRG Stadium they yeah, call it Yeah, NRG, now. yeah. I mean, back when, I lived, back when I lived there a zillion years ago, it was uh, Reliant, and, and David Carr was uh, the biggest story. Right. Was him getting a haircut. Like, that's how bad the team was, that that, that him getting a haircut was a, was a thing which is uh, really, yeah. yeah they, they, that, they would talk about him getting a haircut. Yeah. That's how bad the team was. I mean, that's, yeah. uh, and in yeah. case, if you don't know out there, there, uh, David Carr, the former Texans starting quarterback is the older brother of Derek Carr, the now saints quarterback. If you didn't know that, so there's yeah. your tidbit of trivia for the day, but we yeah. will not talk about Derek Carr getting a haircut. We will talk about Derek Carr and his performance and that shoulder injury. And obviously he took a, a step forward last week, Larry, but I don't, I don't think anyone would deny that he clearly wasn't full go last week. We'll see if that changes this week. Well, he didn't have to be given how much field position, uh, look, the defense played a part in. I mean, so that's, that was a big plus. And the fact that they ran the football, I mean, that's something that can cover up any kind of shoulder issue that he has. I mean, and so look, his numbers were fine. I mean, I'll, Passer rating was 100-plus. And I'll, I'll just, uh, since I do quarterback rankings every week uh, on The Athletic, I'll just uh, kind of point out to where we have, like, the metrics I use where I have Stroud uh, at number eight right now in the NFL. Uh, ninth in pass rating, eight in uh, what we call EPA, expected points added per drop back. So he, I have him, uh, well, I don't have him, the, the system has him as eighth. So that's, that's pretty hand-in-hand because a lot of times – you could see EPA and passer rating be skewed a la someone like Russell Wilson who has like uh, his the king of just like empty stats. And then he had literally his worst EPA per drop back game of his career last night. So I'm, I'm kind of going off on a tangent. But uh, right now we have Derek Carr uh, at number 24. So, you know, and he had a solid week last week. 
but passer rating was high. So those numbers were kind of inflated. Well, it's uh, interesting that, you say that and you see that the Saints ranking is 24 and, and passing offense. So they kind of match up the Texans offensive, uh, the passer rating is it's a little bit maybe skewed or they're, they're off. They're not exactly together. Right. Right. And so, yeah, it, it's a lot of yards for the Texans, not a ton of points uh, for the Texans. So, you know, it, it's uh, definitely uh, an eye of the beholder when you come through the stat lines. But I do think though, that uh, the Texans defense, I think is a, a solid bunch. Uh, I think that's something that, People probably, I mean, people aren't really talking about the Texans in general. So I'm sure they're not talking a ton about the Texans defense. But D'Amico Ryans is a defensive guy. So you expected them to come in and probably play good defense. And the fact that the offense is is getting going a little bit better than maybe we thought, uh, you know, I think that's what has capped the Texans kind of middle of the pack. And I think that's a good start for them. But, uh, you know, when it comes to, Defense versus offense, I feel like the Texans are going to give the Saints a good test and the Saints are going to give a tech, the Texans a good test, both stronger defensively. So, you know, it's I'm looking at the over-under 42-and-a-half right now. That's the highest that the Saints have had this year, by the way. That might be high. Like, I think I think it's a, might, it might be a little high as well. Yeah, that might be a little high for, for both teams, just given uh, the way that the offenses aren't putting up a ton of points and the way that each defense is – are kind of keeping other uh, teams down so far this year. You got to remember that uh, before last week, the Saints had not scored uh, more than 20 points. I believe it was seven straight games, which is the longest streak in the NFL. So they got that streak uh, off their backs, but they needed a lot of help from their defense. The pick six by Teran Matthew certainly helped. Other turnovers by Mac Jones and the Patriots obviously helped. So I think that 34 is a little bit skewed if you're just looking at uh, expected points. I know a lot of people are using those sorts of metrics now, Larry, uh, when you're talking about like realistic scores. I think the athletic does this as well uh, with the score should have been. Uh, I'm not a huge fan as, as, as a guy, as a better. I know there are a lot of betters, people who make a lot of money doing this, who use these numbers. Uh, I personally don't all that much, but it does tell you at least give you a realistic expectation of what the score should have been. Doing that, do you know what the score? And I'm putting you on the spot because we never talked about this. Do you know what the score should have been last week? Oh no, I don't. I don't. That's something I don't like. We have other guys who who do that. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't dive into that. Like I, you know. But I'm, I know I'm, that the athletic does that. Right. We 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 lean. Uh, some of us lean on that stuff. And I just I use this stuff because I think it's you know a lot of people look at and for example I do quarterbacks every week. Yeah, uh, and I think your your stat of EPA per dropback, I re- I do like that one because that that gives you a real glimpse into the quarterback that you're going up against, and I think those rankings are pro- that metric is probably a little bit more true than just saying yards per game because like you talk about with Russell Wilson, that could be you know he had if, just using last night. I mean, Cortland Sutton makes this incredible, crazy long catch that. Are you really giving that stat to Russell Wilson right there? So, I mean, I'm, but I'm just saying those are the sorts of things that you can kind of get skewed a little bit. I think this is more of a true rating on a quarterback. Right. And uh, I'm not, we're getting kind of nerdy here, but it, yeah, also, well, goes, it also goes into, uh, you know, being playing well in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, uh, it's putting points on the board. You know, it, you could, you could all of a sudden have a high passer rating, uh, but you only throw it like, you know, 20 times and you right. can get two touchdowns and it's, 
you know, and, and, or you could inflate it in, in garbage time. Like, yeah. like I feel like Russell Wilson has done a ton. So like, I feel like he's like the King him and Kirk cousins are kind of like the Kings of the empty stats. Their passer ratings could look great, but get then when it comes down to the nitty gritty, you know, if, if they're not. And so I feel like that's uh that's why I, I kind of mix and match both of those in, in my weekly uh, column to show, all right, it, it could look like this, but on, uh, you know, you look a little deeper and, and it's, it's not as good as maybe it seems, or it's a little better than maybe it seems. But so, yeah, I, you know, and, and I think that's one thing to where you look at just for example, last week, like Derek Carr's passer rating was one fourteen point seven. That was fourth best. Very good. That was fourth best in the league last week, but his EPA per drop back was only only ranked 15th, which they only had 20 starting, 28 starting quarterbacks. So it was actually middle of the road because right. a lot of that, it was not on his shoulders to get it done, but he threw two touchdowns, you know, so that's, that, that's part of, uh, of the, the difference there. Running game helped. Obviously uh, the defense put them in really good positions to, uh, to where he didn't have to put it on his shoulder. Uh, it, and so that's, Something that, as he heals, uh, I think that's a good thing that the Saints don't have to do that. But in the long run, you probably don't want to put it all on his shoulders. Right. You want them to run the football well. You want the defense to be opportunistic, and you want to give the Saints short field to where you can, uh, you know, Derek Carr doesn't have to make and win every game, a la like Drew Brees way back when when the defense didn't play well. And it was all on him. If you're not scoring 40, you're going to lose. If the Saints could score 20, the Saints could score 24 points, 20, you know, 20 plus points a game. They should be in good position to win a lot of games. No, there's no question. I think if the Saints could get their their points per per game average up to 23 or 24, I think they'd be in excellent shape. The question is, can they do that? And it's going to be a lot on Derek Carr because I think now what you see is what you get. They will improve. They will get a little help when Jamal Williams can return, which is Thursday, by the way. So the, the, the Saints will have their full, assuming there are no injuries this week, the Saints will have their full complement of running backs on Thursday against Jacksonville, and they'll need that on a short week. Uh, speaking of that, you know, I thought Kendra Miller was a nice compliment to Alvin Kamara last week. It's going to be interesting to see if they can do that going forward. I also, you know, I don't want to poo-poo on what the Saints did, but a lot of times when you get a team that gets up like the Saints did and let 21 or nothing at the half, Sometimes stats can be skewed a little bit because you got a defense that's probably saying, all right, we're not going to win this game. I mean, I'm not saying they laid down, but they certainly probably weren't given max effort either. Well, I'll combat it back to where, look, the Saints defense could have let up and gave some points. That's true. That's did. very true. That's so very true. They were, they were hell-bent to be like, we're going to – we're going to knock the snot out. Well, they, of they wanted that shutout, though. They, they, when that goose egg is still on the board, there's a lot of impetus. You don't get a lot of chances in the NFL to get a shutout, and the Saints definitely were, were licking their chops. They were, they were very interested in that shutout, let's put it that way. Oh, no doubt. On the road against Bill Belichick yeah. and Patriots and all, all of that, and just uh, like that's, a, that's certainly a big pride thing. Also, it, it goes, to show, goes to show other teams – uh, if you're, we're going to help you play bad. Like if, if yeah. you're not on um, and we can a make you not be on and B if you're off and making some mistakes on your own, we're going to make you pay. Yeah. So I think that's, that's something. And, and look, I think opponents that when they're going up and down the schedule, looking say someone like Detroit in a few weeks, Detroit knows that the saints defense is going to be one that they're going to be, uh, 
big time prepared, need to be prepared for. A, they already know it uh, with, with Dan Campbell as head coach. And, you know, Aaron Glenn knows how good the Saints defense and the pieces of the puzzle are. But, like, someone that has been having a good offensive performances throughout the season, uh, you know, I think that's something that they, they're going to circumcise. Well, the Saints could slow us down in some of these yeah. aspects and take some weapons away. And not a ton of teams can do that in the NFL. So as the offense is getting its mojo, uh, the fact that the Saints defense kind of just had a blip and came back and said, look, we, we're going to wipe out an inferior opponent and be the strength. I think the Saints, it's not like they're facing too many offensive juggernauts this year. So yeah, the, hardly but they can also, yeah, but they could also take a juggernaut and slow them down. Like, you know, I think that's, that's a, a fair, a fair point that I, I think that people need to understand. Yeah, we're going to uh, talk a little bit. We're going to give you our predictions in a little bit. Larry has to – we need to make sure we're off the air uh, within the next 13, 14 minutes here. So we're going to come back to the Saints. We're going to give you our prediction uh, a little bit. You know, we'll give you a four- or five-minute total prediction on the Saints. So, But I wanted to – Larry, I do want to spend nine or ten minutes here on the NFL and because I do think there are some interesting matchups. So, again, if you're watching, we are going to come back to the Saints. We'll give you our final predictions in about uh, nine minutes or so. But – there are some very interesting matchups this week. Uh, and the one that I look at, and this line keeps changing and changing and changing. It started out this week. San Francisco was a four-point favorite on the road at Cleveland on Monday morning. It is now 10. Look, the, and the reason why it's moved so much is the word is that Deshaun Watson isn't going to play this week because his shoulder still hurts. I think there are other issues in Cleveland beyond uh, Deshaun Watson's shoulder. But if you're telling me the move from Deshaun Watson to P.J. Walker is six points, I'm going to tell you you're out of your box. No, no, no player in the NFL, except maybe Patrick Mahomes, to me, moves a needle six points. Maybe, in, the in the betting world, anyway. I don't know. Maybe uh, there's, there's maybe a, a couple, but it's all quarterback-related. Uh, but I, I'm with you that Deshaun Watson doesn't, doesn't do that much for you. Like, here, here's the thing, uh, and this is I'm just going to go back to last year's Browns team. It's not the same, but like the Browns were better off with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback last year. There's no question Jacoby. about that. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, so much so where I thought and still would Washington, be that Washington might be more consistent with him at quarterback rather than Sam Howell. But yep, the, the, I, the, I get they're going with Sam Howell. They want to see if he's the future. But like PJ Walker, I mean, like they moved him up. Above the rookie, because the rookie that they played out of UCLA was was awful when he filled in, uh, and so I think the fact that the you know the, that the Forty ers what did you say they were only a four point favorite? The four point favorite on Monday morning it can it has moved and it was five on Tuesday, so wow. here we are on Friday. It's going from house. going from five <laughs> to ten, and yesterday, just yesterday, it, it was at eight. So it went from seven on Wednesday to eight on Thursday. And now every Aunt Mabel on the planet who's got her Social Security check who thinks she's going to make some easy money betting on San Francisco, you got another thing coming because Cleveland has the best defense in the NFL. They've only allowed 125 yards per pass. Now, granted, they haven't played any great passing teams. But still, Larry, if you're in the NFL and, you've allowed, and you're in the week six and you've only allowed 125 yards per, per game, 
passing. I don't care who you're playing. That's incredible. Good uh, segue that you had no clue that I could bring up. But uh, in my uh, going back to my column, I do each and every week the uh, defensive EPA per drop back, uh, a big chart of every team in the league and the opposing quarterbacks that they're going against. Brock Purdy's number one in EPA per drop back uh, for quarterbacks. The Browns are number one in EPA, defensive EPA per drop back. So this is one versus one. So this is a big matchup. The equalizer could be Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I think there's no question. Yep. He's the equalizer. Also, you could throw in Debo Samuel. He could do things like yep. they they can they can mix and match some of these things. Uh, so, but yeah, look, the Browns pass rush. I mean, Miles Garrett is Miles Garrett. He's one of the best in the league. Defensive Player of the Year candidate every year, uh, rightfully so. And so, yeah, like I'm not saying that. You're talking spread. I mean, so yeah, like I think that the game could be closer possibly than the 10. Like that's. I think that's the bet of the week. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's now the bet of the week to me. I mean, you're talking about an over under, which is if you're not in the betting world, the, 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 the jargon, the over under means that this is what their, the point total is combined, what Vegas is set a number at. And it's at 37, which means, which is super low, by the way. They they put the over under. You can bet that either the either the total points scored between the two teams will be over thirty seven or under thirty seven. And the averages in the NFL is probably around forty three, forty four. It's probably the average. Is maybe forty five even is an average number. So to have thirty any number in the thirties is super low. Now this that being said, there's gonna this expected weather in Cleveland on Sunday. It's supposed to be rainy throughout the entire game. Temps in the low 50s and winds around 20 miles an hour. So even that, I mean, this is not something Brock Purdy's used to. That definitely favors a defense. So if you're talking about an over-under where there are 37 expected points being scored and you're going to give one team 10, to me, that is a gift. Yeah, I think that's uh, in, in, in that world, I, I think you're totally right. Conditions, uh, the way that Cleveland – and look – Hobbled or not, I mean, I know Joe Burrow what probably wasn't at his best when they played Cleveland, but they just wiped him out. Yep. Like they wiped that off the board. And obviously the Joe Burrow's getting right now. Yep. I think he's you could see if you watched last week, uh, he doesn't seem as hampered. Uh, and so I think they're gonna they're gonna get their head of steam going. Uh so so I mean that's but still you did that against them, you did it. So uh, you know, but still I I agree. Conditions and all that, it could be. Now, here's the thing. Say, I don't know if the Browns are putting up hardly any points on the board. So that's one factor. So well, say, P.J. If, Walker played okay for the Panthers last year. He wasn't great. Uh, and I know that the, the 49ers defense is stout. But, I mean, still, I mean, I think Jerome Ford has done a decent job filling in for Nick Chubb. You still have Amari Cooper. You, you, you still have a decent uh, offense. I'm not saying it's a top 15 kind of offense, but – Look, I, I think the the Browns can put up ten or thirteen points, and to be honest, that might be all they need. Yeah, but PJ Walker's been there for like twenty minutes. Like he wasn't, you know, he wasn't going to be. He wasn't the number two quarterback going into the year. Like that's right. just. So I think that's part of it there. Uh, but I look, San Francisco, they put the kibosh on the Cowboys' offense. Like you know, I think they could certainly do that. To well, the Browns. even if Deshaun Watson was there, I mean, I think they could certainly just like. Here's the thing. All right, so. What's the over under right now? Like San Francisco could win twenty seven to nothing and blow. Could, 
but but see, Larry, what you're not you're you're also another thing, and in the betting world, this is this is what uh, if you were a 49ers fan, you could look and say, or if you were just you know, we use the term trap game, and people say there's no such thing as a trap game. BS. There's 100 percent the trap game thing is real. Oh, that's this, real. This, no is, this is a perfect flat spot for the Niners going across the country the week after you played this, the most prime time, the most national game of the year, you kick the Cowboys butts. Everybody thinks you're the best team on the planet by far. And I'm not saying the Niners are going to lose, but I'm telling you this, I would not use the Niners in my survival pool this week. I'm telling you, it could happen. An upset absolutely could happen. I think the Niners will win, but I definitely don't think they'll win by 10. I think it's going to be an ugly, nasty slap fest where it's like a 13-10 kind of game. Yeah, the, well, the Browns' defense gives them a chance. Like, that's the big thing. And if they can run, like, they love to run the football. Obviously, they don't have Nick Chubb, but they love yeah, to run it hurts. the football. Uh, you know, and Jerome Ford, I I haven't really paid super much attention to Kareem Hunt is back in the fold and yeah. has now been able to practice for three weeks. Yeah, so I'm, I'm with you. Like, look, I think that is that is a trickier game than it, what it appears. So I, I I would agree with you that that is uh, that is something that it might not be this big giant blowout like and high score. You know, like the, the 49ers offense could come back down to earth a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but, but still, yeah, it's, uh, in the conditions and, you know, Interesting there's one. no doubt like that. This is a, a game where people might be sleeping on Cleveland, but they're still not a bad team. So I think that's, look, I think everything you're saying is spot on. I All right. we got about another minute or two. I'm going to pick one other. I'm actually going to pick two other games. going to spend 30 seconds on each one. Uh, one is the Monday night game. How do you expect the Cowboys to come back after last week? Look, I still think they're a really good football team. They got exposed last week, especially across the middle. The Chargers can do that, but I think the Chargers are really poorly coached. I don't know that they'll be able to expose the things they needed to expose, and the Cowboys are pissed off. Well, I like the return of Mr. Austin Eckler. So I've picked the Chargers straight up to win this one. I think the, I think Dallas is down. And I think there's a, the injury to um, Leighton Vander Esch yep. could put Micah Parsons back playing more traditional linebacker than you would like. Yeah. So that now they have viable pass rushers still, and they're going to use him. I mean, he's not going to be playing, you know, 80% of his snaps as like the Mike linebacker. But I do think that the Cowboys maybe are a little shell shocked. And uh, I don't think Khalil Mack's going to go and get six sacks, but I mean, so, like he, you know, maybe he can affect play. But I think Eckler is a big deal finally coming back. He's been out for a few weeks and he's ready to roll. So you know, I think that's kind of one of the, the trickier games of the week if you're picking it certainly is. up. Uh, but I'm going with the Chargers in that one. All right, I got the Cowboys. So we'll see who's right and who's wrong. There's one other one that well, there's a couple other ones that are intriguing. But we're running out of time because we got to get back to the Saints before we say goodbye for the day. But uh, what do you think about Patriots Raiders? I think Patriots bounce back. This is the bounce back Bill Belichick week. I thought the Saints would do well last week. They did. We both did, actually. I think you picked the Saints as well last week, right? Yes. Uh, we both picked the Saints last week. I think this is a Bill Belichick bounce back week. I don't think the Raiders are very good. I, I, their record is better than what I thought it would be. 
I didn't think they would win last week. They found a way to get it done, but I think the Patriots win this game. I'm taking the Raiders. Okay. Well, then you're I, don't, <laughs> I Surprise, I just, surprise. Yeah, I uh, I think Mac Jones' uh, men, uh, mental state is, uh, in terms of being the starting quarterback is is not where it needs to be. They can't run the football. I mean, like, I, I don't think the Raiders are that good either. I'm with you. Uh, but, look, I think Max Crosby can induce some problems for Mac Jones if he's still in there playing. And I think defensively, the Patriots, they had, they can't really create much of a pass rush anymore. Judon's out. Uh, their their secondary is not what it should be. Uh, and Jimmy well, Garoppolo. Yeah, and Jimmy Garoppolo, look, he didn't look great in the win, but he at least got it done uh, last week. But I, I think that the Raiders at this point in time, catching them where they are catching them, I feel like that they're just they're just a touch better. So Bill you know. Belichick against his old assistant coach, his old offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels, and his old quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it's going to be an interesting game. If the Patriots can't get up for this one, and they stink in this one, and it's going to be Bill Belichick. I don't. I think he's going to do pull a Jim Moore and quit at some point soon. That's that's what I truly believe. If they can't get up and win this one, or at least play well. I don't think he's going to be around much longer. We'll, we'll see. More on that coming up in my uh, full predictions. Uncle Big Nick and I did not have a show yesterday. We will have our predictions uh, on the regular podcast coming up. All right, got to wrap it up. We're going to do it with Saints-Texans predictions. It's Pixie Does Friday, I, and we're not going to have a Pixie Does Friday next week because the Saints play on Thursday. We'll have to figure out how we do that. If you come on Thursday or come on, or we just do it Friday, we'll figure it out later. But... That being said, Saints, Texans, Saints are one and a half point favorite. What you got, Larry Holder? Look, I think uh, I think the Saints are going to win this one. Uh, I think that they can give Stroud some problems, and like I, I think that uh, that offensively they can. I think they're going to be able to run the football, and I think that's going to be key. Uh, and so, I, look, I, I'm going to go Saints. I'll go Saints twenty four. Texans 17. So where do I have that? Is that under technically? That would be under. Yes. That would be under. And you would talk about under Under. (laughs) Oh, them Rommel Raiders. Poor Steve Scalise. Anyway, that's a whole different story. Uh, (laughs) My fraternity brother as well. Really? Yes. I didn't realize that. Okay. Yep. There you go. All right. Um, We have been on the same side for two weeks in a row. It is not three. I don't think the Saints win this game. I think this is a bad spot for them. Um, I think that I'm more inclined to take them against a better team next week on a short week. Jacksonville is going to have some issues. We'll talk about that next week. But uh, I just don't like this spot. I don't like the the receivers for the Texans against the Saints secondary. I know Lattimore will probably be on Nico Collins. Uh, and I understand that, that Dell is probably not going to play. But I just think as a whole that Houston – coming off the loss and not playing very well offensively last week against Atlanta. I think they will play better. I think it's a really tight game. I think it's one of those games where the saints lose in the final minute and people are back to questioning Pete Carmichael and Dennis Allen and all that, that stuff. I, I really think that's what's going to happen on Monday. I hope I'm wrong because I really don't want to do that again. Um, I kind of went off last week and I, I really I really don't want to do that again. So I hope Larry's right. I hope I'm wrong. 
We'll find out. Uh, I guess we'll find out in a hurry on Sunday. Lowry's got the Texans. I got the Saints. Uh, Lowry's got the Saints. I have the Texans. I'm going to give you a final score of 23 to 17. I'm pretty close to Lowry. It's up the other way. So I'm going to take the under as well. I do like the under. I think it's a hard-hitting, uh, slow game to get started. And the Saints find a way to lose. Again, hope I'm wrong. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm just calling it the way I see it. All right. Well, the way I see it is not good. But, uh, hey, like I said, I hope I'm wrong. I've been wrong before. I could be wrong again. I don't know. People don't like it when you pick against their t- How can you possibly pick against the Saints? Because I think they're going to lose. I mean, I can separate myself from what I want to happen to what I think is going to happen. That's why Phil says, I call it the way that I see it. Or what does he say? He said, Jim Derry always calls it the way that it is, or at least the way that he thinks it is. Yeah, that's it. That. You know, that part. I don't know. Again, I just don't think this is a good matchup. I also think, you know, it's hard to not look ahead to a Thursday game. You're coming back home. This team is on the road again. You get it? They're on the road again. You hear it? I can hear it. Look. Four out of five road games. It doesn't happen. You don't. That doesn't happen very often in the NFL. It happens, but not a whole lot. So the Saints are um, finishing up a road trip again. If they prove me wrong and they come back home four and two, they are in excellent shape. If they come back home three and three, it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, it really isn't. So in no way, shape, or form will I be saying on Monday the season's over if they lose. Now, I may be getting on uh, on little Pete if they can't score any points because I got a feeling they're, they're going to go back to scoring fewer than 20 because they didn't score more than 20 last week because of the offense. It was better. Derek Carr looked like he was not as injured, but something ain't right. We'll see if it's right this week. We'll see if Alvin Kamara can do what he did. Jamal Williams coming back next week. That should help. Can the Saints' defense come close to replicating what they did in Foxborough. We'll see. And guess what? I did it. My goal to finish this show, two shows in one, and I did it under an hour. I know you can't see me right now, but I'm giving myself a major pat on the back. Let's hope I'm in this good of a mood on Monday. Let's hope I have nice things to say about Pete Carmichael and Dennis Allen and Derek Carr. Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas and everybody. Let's make it a happy, happy show. If not, you're going to come back anyway. We'll see you on Monday. Everyone have a great weekend. Enjoy the Saints game. Enjoy LSU. Enjoy Tulane playing tonight on a Friday. It's Friday the 13th. I didn't even mention that. Maybe that's why it's weird. We'll see you on Monday the 16th. Peace and love, my friends. Just can't wait to get on the road again. The life I love is making music with my friends.